Welcome back to the Parenting Plus podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Paul. And we are your hosts. If you're new here, we are a podcast that talks about raising Ali and watching TV. You might have heard of Disney Plus. You might have heard of Paramount Plus. Well, this is Parenting Plus, where we talk about raising our little one and also the TV shows that we are watching. So I realize we haven't even introduced who Ali is in a minute. So for the tell the listeners who Ali is. For the uninitiated, Ali is our now 13-month-old little one and is the joy of our life. Yes, amen. So every episode, we talk about a different parenting topic and a different TV show that we are watching. Today, we're going to be talking about navigating parental leave. And the show that we're going to be talking about is... F-Boy Island Season 2 on HBO Max. Beautiful. So let's get into it. So first and foremost, parental leave. For those who do not know, parental leave is a time that you take after the birth or adoption of a little one. So I just need to start by saying that figuring out parental leave was the hardest and most stressful task I was focusing on prior to having Ali. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. For both of us. Like, I wasn't even worried about birth or like, you know, setting up a nursery or nothing. Like, everything that was on my mind was like the paperwork. How do I figure out parental leave? How do I make sure that I have my job secure and also get paid, but also have enough time, but also fill out the correct forms and not get fired? And it was so bureaucratic and so confusing. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I think the process is a little bit different for the person giving birth and um, the supporting parent. Um, But I also just had a headache thinking about all the paperwork and also like just all of the confusion and am I doing this right? And the stakes are so high. Like just I was always like unsure of if I was doing it the right way. Yeah. And I wanted to plan ahead and get ahead of the the game and say okay let me plan ahead let me fill out the forms and send them way early but you literally can't like you can't send any of the forms until your baby is born and then i remember thinking well when my baby is born these forms are gonna be the last thing on my mind like i don't want to think about this at all so yeah like i literally i mean we're probably going to talk about it more but i remember like having to send like the email that to like my job like hey i'm on leave now like like while we're in the hospital like waiting for you to give birth so yeah it's just like so like the whole process doesn't at all like the whole process just does not center like what does a person giving birth need right now it's like oh giving birth all right fill out some forms so let your job know and do all of these 10 steps in order to get your leave yeah and i remember stressing about like how much time do i actually get like that was the question that i felt like it was so hard i was reading all these um articles and i was reading these like publications and trying to understand california law and under trying to narrow down the correct answer how much time do you actually get after having a baby if you're the birthing parent if you have had a baby and I know you, I probably asked you, how much time do you get? Because I was asking everyone, I was asking everyone. And I didn't get exact clarity until I talked to May. (laughs) Again, this is a Dan and May Stan podcast. (laughs) 
because we are both um, teachers and she sat with me on a phone call. No, it was a Zoom and walked me through every single form I had to fill out, who to send it to, by when do I have to send it, what's the process. And we talked about it in Zoom and then she sent me an email being like, these are the steps. And I remember just feeling like the stress leave my body after that Zoom call because it made everything so clear for me. And also Ms. Rivas, who was a counselor at my school site, went on a, a Zoom call with me and was like, okay, this is how it works. This is how much time you have. And these are the forms you have to send. And I remember, yeah, I was just so grateful to both of them. So I remember I'm like, I'm always going to pay it forward. If anyone has questions, I will sit down with you and print out every form and go through every single step because it is the most confusing and inaccessible process that I have ever experienced. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's just so confusing. And then like, if you don't ask, you just don't know. And that's, that's the part that's the part that's the hardest. Nobody's going to come and find you and be like, all right, do this, this, and that. And then you're all set. It's like, okay, like, how do I even go about this? It's just so convoluted. Yeah. And I definitely want to get the non-birthing parents uh, perspective in your process. And then I want to share more about how much time legally I was allowed to take. So yeah. What, what do you remember about trying to figure out your parental leave? Okay. So first, was that question, how much time do I get? And then second was how much time do I get paid? So for me and my job, and each job is different, but my job um, essentially allows uh, 12 weeks off of work, but only eight of those weeks are paid. And that's through something called like the California paid family leave or the federal paid family leave. I forget if it's state or federal, but eight weeks paid, 12 weeks total. So that means I have four weeks where I'm not getting paid, So I remember going through literally making (laughs) a Google spreadsheet and being like, okay, I get paid this much this week. Also, the other thing is how much do you get from your parental leave if you're getting paid leave? Yeah, because sometimes it's not, most of the times it's not your full paycheck. No, it's like, yeah, usually not your full paycheck, but they give you, instead of telling you how much is going to be when you're applying for it, they give you a range. So they tell you like, it'll cover like 60 to 75% or something like that. It'll just give you a percentage, a range of percentages. And it's like, well, okay, I'm going to be home making less money and having to provide for an, a whole additional person. So it just, the math don't be mathing, <laughs> but I just remember making these spreadsheets and being like, Here, here's how much I'm making about how much, I don't know, maybe that's how much. And then these are the weeks I don't get paid. So this is how much I'm going to have to save. So it was just a lot of planning and then being like, at the end of the day, this could all be wrong. Who did you talk to? Like, finally, once you figured out how much time you had, what was the process for you to like apply and figure it out? Um, I feel like I don't remember talking to that many people because, again, everybody's job is so different. Like I work at a college, so I talked to some people that I worked with, but most of the people were were, uh, mothers who had given birth. And so their process is a little bit different. So I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, I literally had to read through my employee handbook as we all do, right? Everybody just reads their of course. employee handbook. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So For leisure. I had to go through it. It was like chapter six, section nine, um, find the section about leave, go through the section to see like what specifically applied to me. And yeah, basically I found out like what I do for my job, which um, just, it just really depends on where, 
you are. But thankfully, my work was very like, they made it easy for me to find and like interpret myself. It wasn't like a lot of like, um, the, the language was just re- very easy to go in and, and understand what the policy was. So in that respect, it wasn't too hard. But then I feel like on the actual filing was hard because I was just so nervous. I was like, like you said, we, you can't apply for parental leave um, until you actually go on parental leave, which to me was stressful because I'm like, what if the check doesn't come? What if I submit it wrong? And <laughs> didn't you submit it wrong? Uh, did I? <laughs> I think you did something wrong. Did you? They called you from okay. like a blocked number. Oh my God. Okay. They did call me. I think I gave them like, I think I started the date too early or something like that. And they're like, are you already on leave? And I was like, no, but they're like, no. Okay. All right. You can't be doing that, son. Like, <laughs> so yeah, basically I was trying to cheat the system somehow. And they're, they're like, nah, nah, nah. You're not getting no extra money from us. So yeah, that said, I ended up getting it, getting it in, ended up working out. But I felt like there's just a lot of uncertainty, especially because you're sending this form in and it it just goes into space. Like you don't know who's seeing it, who's reviewing it. I mean, they called me that one time, but it's not like I'm just chatting on the phone with somebody like, hey, walk me through it. This is how it goes. And it's all good. So there's just a lot of wondering and waiting and hoping that you do it right. And you have to deal with two entities, right? Your job and then also the state. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So my job in terms of what their policy is and then the state who's actually giving me the the like protected time off and the payment and the payment. Yeah. So my job side, it was actually pretty easy. Like I just tell them, hey, this is when I plan to go on leave around these dates. And then it's just giving them the heads up and then, you know, checking to see what the policy is and how much time I can get off. And then the state is where because my job doesn't pay me while I'm on leave, right? So it's the state that's paying me when I'm on leave. So that's where the paperwork really comes in um, and really, really matters. Yeah, and I remember you figuring it out or having like the epiphany, like, oh yeah, so this is how much time I get and this is what the state is going to pay me. Like, And I remember feeling like, oh, great, then that's probably the same policy for me. Er, it was not at all. Really? So tell me the po- process on your side. So wait, at the end of the day, how much time did you end up getting? I ended up taking 12 weeks off, but, um, and this is a tip that I learned from Dan. Shout out Dan. Like, I mean, we're just going to call it the Dan and May plus podcast, <laughs> but I heard from Dan and from other parents who they split their time up. So I took eight weeks off. So I got it all paid. And then I took another four weeks off later on. Like I took eight weeks off, went back to work for uh, a month or two then I took another four weeks off because um, I wanted to save some of the time. And also around that time was when you were going back to work. Right. And I didn't end up going back to work, but that was but the plan. That was the plan initially. Yeah. And if this is confusing uh, for anyone, you are entitled to take your time at any point during the one year window of your baby being born. So that's why you were able to take it at the beginning and then towards the end. Some people even save it like way later and want to take it towards like when their baby's eight months, nine months, et cetera. And you can do that. Yeah. And also I realized how much of a privilege it is as a parent to be on parental leave. One, because I have some paid time and not everybody gets that. And two, um, because for the unpaid time, like we were like fortunate enough to be like, okay, for the few weeks I wasn't getting paid. So 
um yeah there are some dads that i talked to who were like yeah i took like two weeks off and i went back to work and i couldn't imagine that like I would yeah. not have been ready at all. So yeah. I'm really fortunate and really privileged to be able to take the time off. Yeah, I agree. And also, we can demand way better conditions oh, yeah. for parental leave. Absolutely. So on your end, though, what was the process like for you? Because it was a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So I, again, after I was able to speak to um, May and Miss Rivas, I you know understood the process a little bit more. So I ended up getting, so this is what California law states. So if you have a vaginal delivery, you get six weeks of disability. So six weeks where you're medically unable to return to work. And that is paperwork that you get from wherever you um, have your baby. So if it's a birth center or a hospital or a home birth, you get paperwork saying that for six weeks, you cannot go back to work. And that is disability. If you have a vaginal delivery, if you have a C-section, you're in, you have eight weeks of disability. And there's a big difference between disability and then baby bonding time. So the first six weeks that I took was disability. And I just got to vent about this real quick. So I'm a teacher. I have the summers off, right? Ali was due in July. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm going to have a couple weeks in July to just hang out. And then my time starts, you know, in August when I go back to work. Psych, the time starts click. The time starts ticking as soon as your baby is born, regardless of whether you're on vacation or not. So basically, you were already on vacation, but they were like, that is like, you're still taking parental leave when you're not, you don't even need to take any leave. At exactly. Because I'm on vacation. So I was like, that was when I found that out I was like are you kidding me no summer babies if you're a teacher no summer babies don't do it don't do it so when Ali was born I get the paperwork from Kaiser that says I'm entitled to six weeks of disability okay so I sent that to my employer so after you come back from disability the doctor has to clear you saying you're you can go back and you're no longer on disability and then you go on what's called baby bonding time And so the baby bonding time is 12 weeks of job protection that you can take. And in my district, you don't get paid for that. You have to use your sick time. So you have to use all of your sick time during that time if you want to get paid. And then I think you get half pay after you exhaust your sick time. So... Money-wise, obviously, it's, like, really hard to budget and figure out how much time can you actually take, how much time can you afford to not be paid or to be paid 50% of your salary or 60% of your salary. And I remember the advice that you said a lot of people gave you was, like, just take all the time that you can. Yeah, because you're not going to look back and be like, oh, I regret going to work. You're going to be like, I'm glad that I did it. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to stay home, as long as possible, do it. Yeah, put put that on the registry. Say you want, a, I'm going to stay home fund and have people pay. Yep. No, but I remember seeing this uh, advice of, you know, as you're planning f- to create a family, um, planning ahead to pay yourself. Obviously, you know, you have to save for dozens of things, but paying yourself what your salary would be the amount of months that you want to be on leave. So if you want to be on leave for four months, then pay yourself, you know, X percent of your salary. So you make sure you're going to be okay those months. But luckily we had some savings and we knew that we wanted to take as much time as possible. 
And so we were able to do that. So I, at the end of the day, I took six weeks of disability and then I took entire 12 weeks of baby bonding. And then I ended up taking a couple more weeks of disability for like mental health issues that we can talk about a different episode. But at the end of the day, I went back to work when Ali was six months. And those last couple of months, I was getting paid, I think, 50% of my regular salary. Mm-hmm. And going back to when you were supposed to, quote unquote, go back, like if you didn't get any additional time for the mental health reasons, like if you had just gone back to work when your time had run out, talk about like like developmentally, like the stage that a baby's in and how like how how much it sucks that you just had a baby and at a really pivotal mo- moment in their development is when the person who just gave birth is expected to go back to work. Yeah, I mean, I think every at any point at any stage going back to work is so difficult after having a baby but in particular we have the you know california law that says you have you're entitled to 12 weeks of job protection to um have baby bonding time but exactly at the 12 week ish mark of a baby's development they're going through a developmental leap which is when they are more clingy where they want to nurse more where they want more uh skin to skin and so I remember feeling like, are you kidding me? Like in this developmental leap, when my baby needs me even more, this is when the law says that I'm supposed to go back to work and leave my baby to, you know, be taken care of by someone else. And I remember feeling so much rage. But that on that note of developmental leaps, if you're more interested in that, check out a book called The Wonder Weeks. And it's also an app that tracks those leaps. But I remember feeling just, I couldn't. I just couldn't go back to work and we'll talk about that in a different episode. But I did want to, you know, to continue on this theme of rage, talk about how does the U.S. compare to other countries in the world in terms of the paid family leave. So us being in California, we were entitled to these benefits, but we don't have a federal policy on paid parental leave, which I, I forget. I forget about federal policies. So the United States has zero weeks of paid parental leave. Zero. Like federally. Federally. Yeah. Like there is no law that says you can take any paid parental leave, which is wild. That's trash. It's wild. Like why haven't we, why hasn't the revolution started? Okay, so in, I'm going to go in just order of what I see here in Britain People are entitled to 39 weeks of paid parental leave. Okay. In Japan, they're entitled to 52 weeks of parental leave. That's a year. Yep. In Sweden, 68 weeks of parental leave. Yo, what rent like in Sweden though? Estonia. Where that at? That's up in Estonia. That's like (laughs) Eastern Europe. Okay. Estonia, 82 weeks or more. Yo, pack it up paid parental leave like you're getting paid this entire time to be at home with your little one and a lot of these weeks you can like split them with your partner so there's that and some of these weeks you're not paid 100 percent of your salary maybe it's 60 percent or 50 depends but point is that there's federal protection and federal law that says that you deserve to be paid to take the time you want with your baby which is infuriating that we don't have that here but just to wrap this up 
in your opinion, what would parental leave look like in a free and just society? I mean, that's a deep question. I mean, I'm going to go to Estonia and <laughs> Estonia going to have to give me um, some clarity on that. All right. Well, parental leave first, it should be a right. It shouldn't be something you have to advocate for. Secondly, um, it should be something that there are resources allocated to, you know, at your place of work or not even at your place of work. But just um, I think every every person who is just given birth should be entitled to just being entitled to a check. You just gave brought life into this world. You deserve a check and you deserve to be able to bond with that child that you just brought into this world. And take all the damn time that you want. Some people right. are ready. Some people are like, you know what, after three months I'm That's ready true. to go back to work and I, you know, wanna, you know, change my change the scenery and go back to the groove and some people do that. Right? Some people have four months, I'm ready, six months, I'm ready. And some people want more. And we should be entitled to whatever the fuck we want. Yep. Um, because yeah, bottom line is the reason why there's no protected federal family leave in the United States is because they want people to go back to work. You just had a baby. Okay. Go back to work. And that just should not be the norm. Um, if you do want to go back to work by all means, that should be your right. And if you want to stay home and be with your baby, that should be your right. So, so let's wrap that up before I get more mad. All right, all right. Yo, yo, she about to flip a desk right now. All right, so that was our parenting section. So we're going to move on to our TV component. And this week's episode is F-Boy Island on HBO Max. So if you haven't yet, go ahead and check that out because we will be spoiling some things from the show. So Diana, can you give us a synopsis of F-Boy Island? Of course. So F-Boy Island is an American dating reality television series which focuses on three women trying to identify 24 men as either womanizers, a.k.a. fuckboys, a.k.a. F-boys, or seeking a serious relationship, a.k.a. nice guys. Nice. So first question, favorite phrase from the show, is it? F boy, F bye, <laughs> or is it nice guy, nice try? I'm gonna go with F boy, F bye. That's a that's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yes. And I actually have this is season two, but I have very fond memories of watching season one because I watched that. It came out July of 2021 or August of wow. 2021. Oh yeah. So those long nights of nursing or being awake at 3 a.m. with Ali and then 5 a.m. with Ali. I remember I would watch F boy Island. Yep. So. And I remember you would be watching it and I'd be like, what you watching? <laughs> I know. Sometimes you would always consider, you would almost consider staying up with me just to watch. And I'm like, it's 3 a.m. Go to sleep. Yeah. Oh, because it'd be when you were waking up in the middle of the night nursing him. Yeah. And then I was just being an F boy in bed <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, this is kind of interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I had to tap in with season two from the beginning. Yup. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So, first impressions, season two of F-Boy Island. Um, how'd you feel about the show? All right. First impressions of season two. I feel like production had a good-ass time editing these episodes. Like, I feel like it was episode one or two where they gave this guy such a bad edit that was so hilarious and Part of me, it was basically a guy that was like... It was John. 
I believe his, his name, name is John. John. Yeah, that he was trying to get the attention of one of the girls, Mia. And I don't know if this is true or not, but they just <laughs> would show clips. I mean, play clips of him yelling like, Mia, Mia. And it was just like this exaggerated call. And I feel like there were so many moments throughout the season that production just trolled these guys. There was a few. Your favorite was the silent the star. The silent <laughs> Silent star. film star. Oh, my God. So, oh, man. What was dude's name? Wait one second. I don't even know if they even said his name because he was so boring. <laughs> they probably didn't. So, yeah. there was a, It was Aaron. Aaron. So, Aaron, one of the guys, he comes on the show and we literally never, never hear him speak. And then it becomes a running gag. And then after that, <laughs> the next time you see his name, usually under their name, it says like their profession, like influencer. Or where or they're from. Yeah. Where they're from. And under his name, it says Aaron, silent film star. Because he never spoke. They didn't even air the day he went on with the girl. They said this was too boring to show. <laughs> That's so unheard of. But overall, incredible. I feel like production was having such a good ass time. But I thought the season was fantastic at first i was like how are they gonna follow up like such an ending of season one where this guy takes the money but no he can't take the money he goes to charity and i thought like off the bat it was already great like the first couple episodes i was like oh yeah they this is good and yep. my other favorite thing was like the return of oh yeah season one characters peter casey yeah, shout out my brother Casey and even Garrett. I was glad they brought him back. Right. The original F-boy. Oh, my God. That was so great to see. I remember. I don't remember if it was the first episode. I think it was the end of the first episode. We're like, okay, that was pretty good. And then at the end, we see Garrett is in... Um, Limbro. When, Limbro. And we're like, oh, let's get it. We're going to keep watching. We're like, no way. And when Casey rolled up, whoo. We said, okay. I'm we not swooned. Lie. We swooned. I'm not going to lie. That boy, fine. He, I'm not going to lie. That boy's face symmetrical. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Okay, calm down. Now. Conventional calm. beauty standards. I need to calm down now, baby. Calm down. <laughs> nah, but shit. That boy pretty, all right? I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. So what were your first impressions of the season? Oh, I mean, same. I, I was definitely... Well, first, first impressions. These guys, they're not that hot. I mean, look who's talking, but still. Stop. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You better say that. You better tell me to stop. <laughs> he forced me to say that. Hey, chill out, chill out. But I was like, really? Like, this is like the hottest talent they could find? I I don't know. I just, just felt like they were, I mean, there was just a bunch of buff dudes. But I feel like you know, facially, I was like, mm, I could do better. Yeah, some of these were a miss. Some of these were a couple misses. Especially the white boys. The white boys was not looking good. They was looking rough. It was looking rough. It was looking rough. Um, but overall, um, I did find the cast entertaining. What about um, the girls? Wait, what'd you think of the girls? First impressions? Oh, first impressions of girls. Um, I felt like, yeah, I mean, I felt like all the girls were like, the girls really committed, you know, I felt like they were like, they, I feel like they were enjoying themselves. You know, they, they didn't make it like, you know, it's almost like we know everybody's here either for the money or for like to be an influencer and like build their following create more work like so it's like i wasn't as invested as like are they gonna find love more than i was invested in like is the show gonna be fun to watch and i felt like they had fun doing it and i appreciated that about the show but whoo a couple of times my girl mia was playing herself oh my god well also they they have their recipe down right they got a white girl mm -hmm. 
They got a black girl and they got an ambiguous, <laughs> ambiguous third girl. Yes. Racially ambiguous. Racially ambiguous in, until you find out later she's Latina. But <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely the formula. That definitely was it. But but yeah, overall, enjoyed this cast thoroughly. So, you know, if, if we're talking about the cast, you know I got to talk about my brother Peter. My brother <laughs> yeah. Peter. What about Peter? Peter, you cannot tell me that man not black. This <laughs> this Korean man, he, bruh, if he had a podcast right now, I'm just going to say this. And I saw his face. I would say, that's what Peter looked like? I swear to God, he was one of my own. I could have sworn. Why? Because this man be like, yo, Mia, you know, you know me. I'm here to open, you know, like I, I let down my walls for you. You feel me? We like, ride together. We, we die together. together. Okay, ain't name name me another Korean man who's over here quoting bad boys. <laughs> okay, <laughs> look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I knew I knew Peter was an f boy because I knew he grew up in them streets. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Where's he from, bro? Okay, there are a select few places places that Peter could be from. One could be that his parents are from korea that's and and they they raised him in some sur- suburb in, in the united states but that's the most likely answer but i have some theories this this man i believe he is either from the south side of chicago <laughs> he's Stop. he's from south central los angeles inglewood california <laughs> maybe harlem new york those are the only four places i can imagine him growing up because the way he be talking, and he got a little bit of swag too. He got some swag. He like, got some swag. There, I okay. This this one might get me dragged by the black community, but I'll say this: I feel like if he was wearing like a do rag, I wouldn't be offended. Like, <laughs> oh my, God. I'd feel like I'd be like, okay, because here's the thing: I I don't think he has Asian parents. I think he grew up. I think he was adopted by black people at a young age and he don't know that he like he realized when he was like 15 that he was actually asian that's that's my but that's the thing well, go watch the show and tell me that man ain't black oh my god okay that's all i'm saying he was also returning from season one which is a great he was the first return. person kicked off of season one i oh, didn't yeah. even think about him yeah that show but but not gonna lie peter good looking too he came back he came back for the win he did, and you know, he, he he did his thing. He did his thing. Um, so I was gonna ask favorite cast members. You already know mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Did you have any favorite cast members? Let's see. I really like the girls. I feel like they were pretty funny. At times, they were way too serious than necessary. I'm like, I'm not trying to watch you have a panic attack. I'm sorry. Oh my god, Mia but, was going through it. Yeah. Um. I hate to mention him first. I hate. But Mercedes was good TV. Oh, my he God. He was an asshole, but he was he good was. TV. The first moment that was so good was him convincing this guy to confess that he said something really shitty about a girl. And he's like, you got to tell her. You got to tell her because she's going to find out through other means. And then it's going to even look worse for you. And the guy was like, damn, you're right. And all his confessionals were like. He was just trolling the guy, yeah. and the guy actually confessed, and obviously he went home. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, that was amazing. 
I mean, we could do a whole compilation compilation of Mercedes yelling at the guys. You idiot. You idiot. <laughs> goofy. <laughs> goofy. Also, fun fact, we posted a TikTok about Mercedes and he replied. So I'm saying, yeah, like he's these basically reality a sponsor. Stars, they they tapped in. Shout out Mercedes. So, you know, come on hey, the podcast. Come, come on, on the podcast. Come on the show. Come on the show, man. But another favorite, let's see, I liked Danny. I thought he was interesting, you know. Gotta, the Italian stallion. The Italian stallion. Gotta mention Casey. Avi. Avi. <laughs> In the beginning, I'm pretty sure these were my hermanos. But I feel like my hermanos got eliminated like hella. Ooh, they got out of there quick. Hella quick. And then everyone would be like, who was that guy? I thought he was in production. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, they did not do well. And I remember... One of your hermanos was kicked off the show, or not kicked off, but voted out. And then uh, the host, Nikki Glacier, was like, so that's what your voice sounds like. And he was like, oh, yeah, right? Like, he was trying to make light of it. I was like, nah, bro, you you got to take that L. That was an L, yeah. That but, was a big L. But who else was my... I, I think those were all my favorites. Some ones that I hated, though. Can I talk about who I hated? Who did you hate? Okay, one, he wasn't even that main of a character, but that's how much he irked me that I hated him so much. Lukesh. Oh, God. He's so ugly. Unbearable. Oh, my God. He was just... Ah. Uh, and I... Yeah, he was unbearable. Also, Tom. Oh, I can't, Un- I can't with Tom. Bearable. I can't. Unbearable. And also, I feel like people, like, other nice guys will watch the show and be like, see, this nice guys finish last. Like... You know, girls want that. But Tom was unbearable. I couldn't. You just met this girl three days ago. Anytime he looked like he was about to cry, I was like, oh, God, you better stop that right Talk now. Talk about he going to move to Florida with you. Like, chill out. Yeah, he was he was unbearable. Just saying. I Honestly, I almost wish, a spoiler alert, I wish he would have made it to the finale just so Tamaris could have taken the money from him. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, yeah, great cast, great cast. Um, also, shout out my guy Benedict. I really liked him. Um, definitely, like you know, Luis was looking for a, a batter boy, somebody with a little more more edge. But you know, Benedict, funny dude, cool dude, liked him a lot. He had a he had a cute bromance with what the other guy's name. Jabrain. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that a lot. All right. Let's jump into our favorite moments from the season. Um, any moments or episodes stand out to you off the top of your head? I love when the guys snitch on each other. The mansplain. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Even, even throughout. Throughout. Yeah, true, I true, true. love when the guys snitch on each other. Like that guy, Lord, that they call Lord Farquaad, <laughs> when he snitched, it's just so good to see them being he little cheese, on Kylan. cheese muscles. Oh, yeah. That's the best. That's the best. But I would say that. And I, I like when they do their social media stalking and they yeah. find so much out from their lives outside of the show. Yes. What about you? No, that was good, too. When we thought that Benedict was married or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love the mansplain. That's like, you know the cheese mosos at their best that was great that was incredible um i also liked when they did like truth or dare uh, where they had to like um basically like they either had to tell the truth or they had to eat like a hot pepper oh yeah that was good too and then it would be a question like like who do you think is the least attractive of the women and then they're like of course i'm not gonna answer that i'm gonna, I'm gonna take a bite right i like that one um and I feel like, sadly, the highlight and low light of 
the show, my my girl Mia, we have to mention it, she was going through it when she realized she picked three F boys <laughs> to make it to the end. I love when they revealed their status. That was so good. That was good. <laughs> I was very great. shocked by Danny being an F boy. I was like, <gasps> I wasn't what? ready for that. I wasn't. And even Peter. I thought he yeah, was a nice guy. I thought he was a nice guy too. Yep. And Mia, whew, that just sent her into a whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely among my favorite moments. So let's get into the finale. Um, what do you think of the wrap up of the show? The twist. The twist. Well, first, before that, do you feel like, well, but first, before we get into the twist, do you feel like each of the women made the choice, the right choice? On who they picked? Yes. Well, I feel like. They some of them had like top twos that just didn't make sense. Like Tamaris, her top two was like what? Casey, <laughs> who clearly didn't like her, who's clearly a politician. <laughs> I Nico, love when, when the host Nikki was like Casey gave his like here's why I want to be with you, and she was like thank you, Senator. <laughs> exactly, because he's just so he's a good actor. HBO needs to put him on a show. Mm-hmm. He acting his ass off, but <laughs> yeah, those two were just like not good for her. I was like meh. Mia, she picked two good ones. She picked Peter and Danny. It could have gone either way. True. It could have yep. gone either way. Yep. And then Luis had Mercedes, the devil himself, <laughs> and Benedict, the angel himself. Those were like yeah. the totally polar opposites. Yeah. So I was, wasn't surprised uh, who they picked, but I was surprised uh, how, at the guys not taking the money. Yeah, really. Like, I could have bet. I could have bet money that Mercedes was gonna take the money. Nah, it's too heinous. No, like, I even thought Peter was gonna take the money for real. I did, and I, that would have that would have messed her up. That would have. I feel like, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know why. I just didn't get the vibe that any of these guys would have taken the money. I was like, they're both gonna take the money, bro. They're both gonna take it. Yeah, but what do you think of the twist that Tamaris was an F girl and she took the money? Okay, so this is the this is the uh, discourse I'm not quite understanding about the situation. So they are revealed that they can take the money like a couple of minutes before they make their decision, right? So they didn't know that. The girls didn't know. Tamaris, it, okay, this is my opinion. Tamaris looked at the two guys she had. They were both whack, so she decided to take the money. That montage that they played was kind of like trying to show like, oh, look, Tamaris always hinted that she you know she could do this like that's just her personality type but i feel like what i've been seeing on the world wide web is that she was an undercover f girl all along and that she was playing them on purpose which i was like wait she didn't know about the twist so can you what what was your interpretation of that that's a good point um yeah i mean i also didn't get the the feeling that she was just playing them the whole time i feel like they definitely edited to make it look like that was the case um but either way i'm like girl get your money like i wasn't i was impressed about that yeah but i feel like the montage confused people or maybe they thought like oh look she was an f girl from the beginning but i thought it was just like showing like oh look these are moments where she dropped little hints of you know yeah this being something plausible yeah so yeah i was like girl take that money because nico he low-key ugly mm-hmm. he was nice i guess but casey he did not like her at all so i was like get that 100k girl the way those men broke down <laughs> they were gasping for air to, uh, how could you do this to me <laughs> like i was just like oh, get them out of here 
but but yeah i mean again it's the it's the exact premise that any of the guys can do to them if they make it to the end exactly boy so the fact that the women have the power to do the same thing like um yeah use it like you ain't gonna end up with these dudes right this this isn't somebody you love you just met this person and again we didn't feel like they had that she had a genuine connection with somebody that's like oh i want to be with this person exactly no exactly so So, yes i was happy she took the money our Mm -hmm. feminist icon feminist queen that's right secure that back damaris so um so yeah i would say i i enjoyed the finale I, i think i enjoyed the twist more than you did maybe yeah yeah yeah. I was just like, eh, I'm not sure. But yeah. then when she did it, I was like, okay. Okay. I see it. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see what happens season three. Now, because the thing going into this season was like, okay, well, I feel like last season they said the guy can take the money, but then they were like, no, swept the rug out from under, under Garrett and was like, actually, it's going to charity. This time they're like, okay, you can actually take the money. So I was just like, okay, I wonder what they're going to keep keep going with. Are they going to keep trying to switch it up and have twists and turns? I feel like they are, but um, be interesting to see where the show goes from here. Yeah, definitely. But I advocate for a season three. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to start to wrap up. But before we do, we have to get into our recurring segment called Best Babysitter, Worst Babysitter. And because we're a show about parenting, we've got to bring it back to parenting. Best babysitter, worst babysitter. Essentially, you pick the person on the show who'd be the best. You pick the person on the show who'd be the worst babysitter. Do you have yours in mind? Best? Best babysitter? Yes. Um, I'm going to go with Danny. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he'd be caring. Yeah. He'd be caring. He'd be, you know, trying to think of activities to bond. I think he would buy some good food, take the boy to McDonald's. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Made up a whole little story. I, yeah, I can see Danny. Like, he, you could tell he wants to be a dad. Um, me, I, I'll pick Benedict. I feel like Benedict, you know, he, he'll have some games, you know, he'll be telling little baby jokes. <laughs> I feel like he would have some, some baby uh, faces to try to make baby laugh. Yeah. I no, can picture that. He would for sure be doing some silly faces. Um, do you have a worse babysitter? Worst babysitter? <laughs> I mean... I have to go with Mercedes. Like, everybody <laughs> talked about how mean he was. Like, he was just, yeah. like, they didn't even, they wouldn't call him an F-boy. They would just say, like, that guy's mean. Like <laughs> He hurt people's feelings. He's, he's Regina George. Like, he was mean. I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think? Mercedes no, would, I don't know. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> he would just break a child down. <laughs> He'd be like, he would demoralize. Yes. Anything a baby does because of their motor skills. He was like, put the food in your mouth, you idiot. <laughs> like, how come you drop the food? <laughs> like, yeah, he would just be mean. He would. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shout some other people out and you tell me if they be good babysitter or bad babysitter. Oh, the silent film star, Aaron. Oh, my God. He'd probably be a good babysitter with his boring ass. <laughs> Tom. Oh, God. Oh, God. He'd be crying more than Ali. <laughs> Bad babysitter. Um, What about Asante? We haven't talked about him, but I liked Asante. Yeah, he was nice. He was the most grounded. 
most down to earth kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked like hey, he'd make a good babysitter. Don't you want to do kid? You want to play some football? I don't know. Like he sound like he he'll do something cool, with kid. Um, who else we got? Talk about my boy Peter. Would he be the best babysitter or worst babysitter? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I feel like look, Peter. I don't know if he'd be a great babysitter, but he gonna keep the the your kid out the streets. He gonna be like, <laughs> he gonna be like, look, you don't want to do what I did. You know what I mean? Like you got. <laughs> Peter, he go. He be mentoring some kids at the YMCA. He do. He he be giving back because he's seen how people, you know, how they went the wrong way in his community, and he's trying to trying to reinvest in the in the youth. I can't. What what about Casey? Casey, um, yeah, I feel like I feel like Casey. Yeah, he would he would be into it. Like he like yo, what's up, kid? Like like yeah, like. I don't know. You want to play or something? Like, Casey could do it. He could. He's he a could. politician. You know, he kisses babies. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So that was best babysitter, worst babysitter, and that wraps up our show today. So, um, if you want to suggest a show to us or a parenting topic, make sure you hit us up on Instagram. We are at Parenting Plus Podcast. Um, you can also follow us on TikTok at the same handle parenting plus podcast so make sure you check us out and appreciate y'all for every like and follow and thank you again for listening got any last words before we head out thank you for listening we appreciate it yes sir all right everybody thanks for tuning in until next time peace peace